Welcome to the Chairsofter Show, your weekly airsoft podcast where I interview other airsofters in the community, discussing their plastic slinging stories and other airsoft topics. Joining me for episode number 21, I am pleased to welcome James from Bespoke Airsoft. Hi James. Hello, how you doing? Uh, Hi. Not bad mate, yourself? Not too bad. So, just for the listeners uh, who've not come across you before... Uh, I don't know how they couldn't, especially if they follow Airsoft Nation, because you were on the live shows. Yeah, I think. I believe season one. I still one. think we're um, one of those companies that goes under the radar. Yeah. I don't think because people will always walk in or phone us up and say we had no idea you existed, and it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so just briefly. Tell us about yourself and Bespoke Airsoft, and then we'll delve into the depths of it as we progress through the episode. Uh, do you want the short or the long version? <laughs> Up to you, buddy. Up to you. Just, just whatever comes naturally, mate. Well, I've, I've been, del- I've, I've been in, involved with airsoft and the industry for like well over ten years now. Um, I was, it started as, as anybody else does you go to a site, you start messing with your guns you start messing with other people's guns um, started to get a bit of a reputation for myself as, as I'm sure many people do um, and then I actually started and a good few years after that I went to work for a company called JDS Soft in Canuck um, worked there for a few years did some really great things um, we won't delve into why why like a lot of us left but uh decided to to change my career go back into the motor trade um so left jd and so i'd say about two and a half years ago maybe more it was decided that um somebody wanted to sort of invest in the idea of me running my own airsoft business which i always thought was you know you need a lot of money to do and it was just never going to happen um so I accepted and said, right, let's do, let's let's set something up now. Although I'd left JD and I was working the motor trade, I still had my own sort of custom airsoft service, if you if you want to call it that, which was called uh, Fu Fifty Three, um, and that was basically just ran on Facebook. It had a bit of a following. We did some nice custom guns and bits and pieces, and you could probably see where that's progressed from Fu Fifty Three. And it, although Bespoke was like a new entity, it was. A lot of the, the sort of experience with dealing with people on like a more personal level compared to just working for another business, uh, yeah. it sort of carried over. Um, and we started literally with next to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was in a, you know, luckily for me, um, for those that haven't visited us before, uh, my brother actually owns his own car business which was the business I was involved in before I started Bespoke Um, and the reason I was able to start Bespoke was because the whole top floor of that that uh, business that's set in like a few few units um, was absolutely empty doing nothing so luckily I was able to be put into that and sort of start a business without massive overheads if that makes sense yeah, yeah, you've not got that set-up cost associated with finding a property, paying the rent yeah. up front and deposits and all that, have you? And, you you know, you're thousands in before you've even started, before you've even got a website. And uh, I didn't I didn't want to run it from my house. I didn't want it to be... Um, I'm not going to sort of say anything bad. I'm not saying anything wrong with people that do bedroom businesses, but um, it's not the most professional... Unless you unless you've got a dedicated uh, 
um, sort of business premises I don't think you can properly run as a fully functioning business um, and we, we did it legit like straight from the from the start there was no like just building a website and away you go we sell stuff we made sure that we had every single um, system in place before we went live so we had the website built we had uh, a studio built so we could be self-sufficient with the photographs um, we had all the Yukara, the insurances, everything set in place and this was probably sort of anywhere from three to six months before we bought stock so at that point we had a website, we had all this camera gear we had all the Yukara, the insurance, everything set up, we had business premises we had offices and then we decided right now it's time to buy stock and start populating the website so which the website itself you, you can probably see it's it's not like other websites we tried to keep it very simplistic and and tidy <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just saying i'm having a look at it now and it's certainly compared to some other retailers that i won't name on the show but I've seen their websites and you can get yeah. lost really easy. This is really easy to follow, guys. Like, I mean, I mean, it's it sort of... It does have its own issues, which we'll probably talk about a bit later on um, when you cover, cover another topic that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. But um, for what we did, we didn't... When we started as well, it wasn't... We didn't have a massive lot in stock. We... Well, I thought it was going to be... Um, an online only business I didn't expect people to be turning up and, and sort of looking for straight away which was the, the most surprising thing from the get go um, and even though I had I'm not going to sort of sort of try and make myself seem more important than I am but even though I had quite a, a reputation of being a, a very experienced gun tech and knowing I pride myself on what I know basically um so if there's if there's information to know about a certain gun or a certain platform, I, I sometimes feel that I have to know everything about it, and that's the best way I can serve people. Um, so I didn't expect people to be following that straight away. So you know, as soon as we opened, we had people ringing up trying to find where we are, um, and it was very. I mean, that no one ever complained or said anything, but I think it was very disappointing. Yeah. when you see how polished the website was uh, to when you walked into our offices and it literally was I mean if you if you ever watched our vlogs on YouTube you, you know about the green walls yeah. um, it was just a big empty space with green walls offices in a stock room um, and obviously uh, a workshop where I had all the machinery um, and then it became clear very very quickly that we needed something or some kind of platform where we could better serve customers because I mean, it was it was such an embarrassing thing for me um, having to serve people without a counter, sort of standing up in an open space, and you put you're trying to get the boxes out and show them the products if they're just coming in to have a look at something. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're on our Instagram and everything. If you really do backtrack the stories, you can trace it back to where it was literally going down B and Q, especially with the tight budget we was on. We didn't have a lot of money to spend on nice shop fitting or anything like that. Uh, it was going down B and Q buying a load of wood, and we built we built pretty much the shop front ourselves. Um, 
I'd say I built 50% of it <laughs> and then yeah. a friend of mine came in and was like yeah this ain't right <laughs> and fixed it all for me so uh, there's a good friend of mine Matt who's been absolutely like crucial every time I've needed someone to pop long and do some DIY or something he's been there which has helped yeah. us out so we had we had a counter um, again it was just to give that that face to face experience um a little bit more polish because it, it, it wasn't right I, I knew something just wasn't right so and then over the, the the period of time we've been open it's it's added we've we've started to put slap walling up um we do have some guns on display it's still a bit where you still get a bit where people walk in and they're expecting when they see the how the website looks they're expecting the shop to be exactly the same big polished super super clean and tidy um which you know we we always like well i always explain to people look this is we're not like every other business you can't come in here and see thousands of guns on the wall um there are shops that do that very well but it's not what we're about so um up till now we've been very like like the name says bespoke we've been doing high-end custom builds we've been doing things built from the ground up we've been manufacturing our own parts um for predominantly to start with was the striker platform because that platform released as we as we went live with the with the business um and we've seemed to have done really well out of that so but uh now it's got to the point where i think we need to evolve it another step forward and and go go for the big boys (laughs) yeah (laughs) hopefully yeah i mean the the first time i came across you like i said was uh with Graham on the Airsoft Nation live shows which from memory it was season one and you were only really just starting out I believe weren't you? Um, oh that is a good question I think we'd obviously been I think we'd been open for a short while yeah it, it, um, it, was, it was I'd say it was early days from yes yeah definitely yeah we just start. I, I think we just started getting into manufacturing our own bits and pieces yeah um, yeah but yeah, I think we well, we obviously touched with with Graham on that show as well. We'd we'd had no end of problems with 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 other businesses trying to get us shut down, and the airsoft industry is not an easy industry to break break uh, yeah break out on. It's it's nobody wants you there because each new shop that pops up can potentially take business from another another shop. So yeah, exactly. I mean, this is something we were obviously briefly discussing off air which has reared its ugly head again with retailers now we're not going to mention names etc in uh, yeah. in the to maintain the sort of professional feel of the show and obviously your business as well you've got professional ties that you need to maintain but yeah. is this really still that much of a problem that there are retailers or is it becoming less and less now the we we had some we had problems with some big retailers and if it wasn't the big retailers it was the either the customers or the followers of the big retailers that were reporting paypal reporting facebook um we had one retailer that is literally in the same city as us uh take away our new prol account which we had from the start that got that got pulled away and and removed from us because they didn't want us to have it um, even though I've known the New Prol guys for, for how many years and we're still friends, um, you know, there's no hard feelings between us and the guys at New Prol whatsoever. We bump yeah. into each other at IWA every year and we have a good good laugh and a drink. 
Um, and I have to understand where, where they're sat there is obviously sat in a position where um, somebody who potentially spend a lot of money, uh, spends a lot of money with them um, must have obviously been threatening to pull out his business if they carried on supplying us, which at the time we were fresh, so we weren't buying much. Yeah. Um, and we've also had they also put a sort of a hold on on anything we can have ASG related, so we can't get anything from ASG at all. Um, but instead of getting like I have touched on this again in videos and other bits and pieces and tried to explain it in the most tactful way that I can. Yeah. Um, but I got to the point where you could really get yourself depressed and and sort of push down and think, oh, what's the point? Should I just walk away and do something else? But I thought, no, all we're going to do is just adapt. So um, that old saying, uh, I'm sure it's a military saying of some kind, so will probably correct me, is just like adapt and overcome. So every time yeah. someone put a wall up in front of us, we was adapting and we was overcoming it and we was just moving on. And that's what we've done since. So I know there's been a new spout of um, things on Facebook, which people have probably seen over the Facebook yeah, groups exactly if, if you um, know you know at the end of the day <laughs> yeah if, if you know you know I, I, for some reason I've been tagged in a lot of those posts because people think that um, what's happened to this this chap and his business is and the guy that's done it to him has done it to me as well now I've I just want to say I've never ever said that anywhere um, yes I'd, I had been reported on Facebook My I'm banned for like 30 days but there's no proof to that and if there's no proof I can't point fingers at anybody it's just one of those things um, again we'll just have to adapt and change the way we do things on yeah. Facebook but uh, it, there's people out there like that and now it's becoming apparent who they are yeah so, names have started circulating now haven't they yeah the so you can, you can only you can only be it, it takes a lot of hate for someone to have that kind of mentality to go out and try and bring down um, a business like from 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 using Facebook. I mean, Facebook is not the be all and end all of a business. Um, don't no, get me exactly. Wrong, but it is so useful getting connected with the community and other bits and pieces. And if you've got a new product coming out that doesn't look like a gun, for instance, you know you can sort of push it out there. And and we've used it as a as a really good um, advertising tool. Um, and you know we're still like nine. I think about nine thousand people on our Facebook page, about thirteen, fourteen thousand on our Instagram. So it's uh, we're doing something correct, but <laughs> yeah, just exactly. Every time I get banned, I just get a bigger, a bigger, a bigger ban. So <laughs> I think I have to stop doing it now. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's tough with the Facebook bans. Uh, there's been certainly a spate of them, not just from retailers but also amongst players now people who know the situation I'm talking about will know those who don't well don't worry yourselves with it um, yeah I've tried to maintain a neutral position throughout the whole thing so I just want to state that on the record as well if you know about the situation I'm not taking sides with any party involved with it uh, but at the end of the day uh, it's <laughs> It's it's, 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 it's not helpful. I think the only way you can take what, obviously what's happened recently on Facebook is you've got to take that information and you've got to decide for yourself how yeah, you feel exactly. about it. Make your own conclusions at the end of the you day. Know, yeah, there's there's no point in trying to influence people or attack people or anything yeah. like that. You just you'd make up your own assumptions and um like I say, the people that were were, were 
were being pointed at for doing these things you know I've dealt with in the past I've never had an issue with them so I'd like to hope that they they're not the people that did it to me but um, like I say without any proof I wouldn't point fingers at anybody I'll just yeah, get exactly. on with what I'm doing exactly but as you said um, and knowing your love for memes as well I've got the Bear Grylls meme in mind here improvise adapt and overcome yeah as, as you say and clearly it's working yeah. because it's still here a couple of years down the line if, you know if I was dishonest and um, you know was a, was a money grabber and, and you know wanted to rip people off and you know really go after earning loads of money I'm sure people do that I'm sure in bigger businesses in the world that's how people earn loads of money by being cutthroat and yeah. But I've I've never had that sort of mentality, so I've always I'll always be honest with people. I'll always give the best advice I can do, and I'll help them out. I mean, so many times people will, will walk into our shop and they're like, "You you've got to help me." Um, I've had this gun from a into a retailer for a repair job, and I've just got it back, and it's absolutely buggered. And you know, I've got a game this weekend, and this will be on like a Friday. Yeah. And so many times I've just put it on the the counter and had solved a problem for them in like five minutes and you know they're like, like how much do I owe you and it's like you, you don't owe me anything because you know, it just took me five minutes yeah exactly. you just you just hope that, that, that those people will come back and um, yeah view, view you as the, yeah. the sort of go to retailer yeah you'd hope that you know having good service they'll come back and, and you know perhaps you know do some business with you in future I hope so <laughs> yeah so obviously you were talking about the uh, custom side of things as well and the Aries Strikers, which obviously were sort of your bread and butter. I don't know if they still are. Are they, they still use sort of bread and butter guns? Yeah. I, I've been hinting now for some time that there's not many of our upgrade parts left for that platform. Um, yeah. Just like anything, we'll progress and, and we've got some ideas... Uh, we've took some ideas off other businesses as well. I, I'm not one to say, oh, we, we're not gonna. I wouldn't say we're gonna copy people, because yeah. there's only there's only so many ways you can reinvent the wheel. Um, but you know, we'll we'll always try and uh, improve the platform. Like with with our cylinder and, and upgrade kits for the striker, we did really well with. It was the ED1 range. They yeah. were really really well priced. Um, and any time anybody had an issue with them, we'd solve it straight away, or we'd we'd make another batch of new, better parts yeah. and ship them out for free. And um, you know, we've been the biggest rival for us, I'd say, with with sniper parts. He's probably Edgy Custom Works, and he's to me, he's a big fish. He's been doing it a lot longer than I have. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I do take um, inspiration, and I, I do use some. Uh, some of the foot the steps that edgy has probably done in the past and i just just learn you know um like i say i'm not i'm not out to copy ed and, and, and do what do copy his his products but you know like for instance he's just come out with a new kit for the striker which bumps up the air volume called the, the nemo kit um it's a great product it is, it is a bit pricey which you know you, you, with edge you get what you pay for you pay top dollar you get top quality yeah. Um, but we'll look at that now and we'll, we'll try and adapt so even though I've been adamant that our ED1 cylinder kits with a short build in the striker you'll have no issues whatsoever you don't need any more extra volume of air 
yeah. um, we'll, we'll adapt so you know we'll, we'll, we'll look at trying to get more air volume out of it and um, we, we do stock the edgy Nemo kits um, but like I say we'll, we'll do it our, our own way I'm not just going to take uh, a product that edgy does and, and sort of just try and imitate it I don't see the point because we could just buy uh, we could just buy them from Ed and sell them which we do um, mm. but it, it's now we're, we're working with the engineers to try and improve the ED1 range and hopefully as the as the striker gains even more popularity as it has done um, we'll have a few more bits to, to offer hopefully <laughs> Yeah, you have to say, stop me if I, you have to stop me if I waffle on because I could talk about this stuff for, for days. It's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's all it's all interesting stuff, mate. Because um, like you you t- talk to a lot of the snipers that I see certainly on the groups on Facebook, and a lot of them don't tend to go for the strikers. But I'm seeing more and more of them on the field as we go through uh, as we go on throughout the years as such. You know, yes, yeah. you've got your. You got your TMVSRs and your SRSs, which are both awesome platforms. Uh, both from sort of personal experience, just using them, trying them out, uh, and from what the people in the community tell me, uh, they're awesome platforms. But these um, these strikers certainly gain more and more popularity as the uh, yeah. There's, there's, as the years there's go more. On. There's more coming out as well. I mean. We, we we again we put another video up on our YouTube about uh, the ASO two. Yeah. Um, we I think I'm pretty sure we've still we've actually still got it. We're the only people in the UK to have the ASO two, uh, which we did a, a, a breakdown and review about it, and it's still in our showroom. So if anybody wants to see it, it's basically just their newer, uh, shorter. <laughs> again, they they copied the short barrel version <laughs> yeah. as they do. Um, and they've they've made some changes. Some are some are for the better. Some are for the worse. Um, yeah. And there is actually an ASO three. So there's a third iteration. Yeah. Um, although there's there's people in the striker page that say they've seen it. I know for a fact they haven't because it was viewed off of a mobile phone belonging to an employee or the is he the is he the owner? I think he might be the one of the owners of Aries. He might be the owner of Aries. I'm sure he was. He was. He was. He was high up anyway. Um, and I saw the image on his phone. Um, so when when it's funny because people say, "Oh, I've seen the ASO three as well." And you're like, "What does he? What does he look like then?" And people are like, "Uh, it's another short one." Uh, it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so it's nice to see. Um, it's nice to see Aries sort of taking a success like the striker and, and say all right what can we what can we do we could do a new short one then we could do a new long one which is the ASO3 and it, I'm interested to see where it goes because it's just it's so inexpensive for what it is yeah and yet it's, yeah, it's, um, it's awesome to see it still growing and growing and growing and I think you'll probably find over the next 12 months uh, we'll probably push it further yeah. Um, we could, we could, we've looked at doing parts for VSRs. We've looked at doing parts for the SRS. We had drawings for a full upgrade kit for the SRS, um, including Sears and the whole works. And it was just kind of like, what's what's the point? Um, does it really need an upgrade kit? And I don't really think the SRS does. I think Silverback have just improved it so so well. Yeah. Um, and every time they find a, a you know a way to improve it further they do so and i'm probably yeah, guessing 
it's a solid, solid rifle. Those who haven't seen one or held one just can't understand. I came across them, um, actually got hands on one at IWA. I nearly said shot show then. I've been to too many gun shows this year, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the, I mean, if you if you if you want something that feels like a real rifle, I think that's probably your best bet. Yeah. And they've got some exciting stuff coming up as well with the AEG and the uh, is it the HGI the 50 cal one they're doing as well yeah now that thing looks insane and they were saying double the volume of a VSR yeah yeah the HTI yeah. Yeah. the thing I like about Silverback as well is whenever we see them at IWA I'll walk into the booth and I'll chat to the guys and you can have such a such a, a deep educated conversation about this platform and you can learn so much from them yeah, and they don't try and they don't try and like pull a wool over your eyes or try and sell you anything. They just say this is what we do, uh, and it's what we're good at. And you know, every time we go to IWA, we make sure we talk to them for at least a couple of hours, um, yeah, just yeah. because it's really interesting. I mean, I, I dare say you you spoke to them as well about the the HTI platform, and they were saying how they how they make it, and then they're using. The eight mil version. Um, a lot of questions of people probably asked is why they're doing an eight mil version. Yeah. Um, and according to to Silverback themselves, there's, there's there's only so much you can do with a six millimeter BB. Yeah. Before you hit a limitation in regards to weight. Um, and with that eight mil adjustability in the HTI, I think he said he threw a figure out there which was so he, I'm sure it was about one thirty one forty meters. Yeah. They'd managed to push an eight mil, Jeez. which you can see there. What he's basically saying is that you know with the eight mil, it's just got so much more potential to go even further because the six mil, you know, you get to your point four eight or your four nine, and you're limited to how much energy you can, you know, put behind it for it to carry. So anything further than that, you really need to be going up a couple of millimeters, um, yeah. and then you've got all this extra potential just unlocked. So it's not going to be a cheap rifle, but it'd be. I suppose it'd be nice to have one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's. Um, I mean, just just for how well they're built. You know, you look at some of the top brands. I'd say the only people that can really meet them that I know of personally experiencing the products. Uh, you're looking at sort of your G and P's, your LCTs, your E and L's, and your GHKs. Yeah. Just for the the sheer quality of the builds and the sort of realistic, effectively the processes that go into building them. Yeah. Now I'm sure yeah. there's other ones that I haven't mentioned there. So before everyone goes, you missed this one. <laughs> you know there are other brands, are just the ones that I've sort of personally experienced, held, looked at. Felt. It's, it's attention to the detail, ML, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of GMPs on the market for a while. I know they've done their new transformer. And it, to me, it just it's it, to me it feels like a bit of a gimmick. Yeah. Um. I, mean, I don't know how many times you've been out in the in an airsoft field and decided you needed to change your barrel setup there and then. Yeah. Um. It's a cool. It's a cool feature. Don't get me wrong. And if you bought one, you'd be like swapping that barrel out. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many times, but you they do, it do just because you could. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same as like LCT. They have such attention to detail that the, the externals are just so solid. Yeah. Um, yes, Tokimuri is great, but they have limitations as well of their own, and 
they are expensive guns which you then go out and just you know <laughs> upgrade anyway yeah. so yeah I think Silverback is probably one of those companies that it's just so approachable to speak to as well you can yeah, I mean definitely. you can go and speak to LCT at IWA but there is a bit of a, a language barrier and yeah that was the problem I found when I went over to the booth it is a language barrier they sort of look at you a bit like how can I describe it it's a bit like Manuel in 40 Towers isn't it yeah <laughs> they just sort of look at you and they're like huh now don't get me wrong they make a cracking product and they're really nice guys once yeah. you get over that but it's getting over that at first um, yeah yeah, IWA. How, how was that for you this year? Well, we've, like I was talking to you earlier off off the um, off the yeah, recording. Before we began recording, you asked about uh, where we were going uh, and what our plans were, and we've been toying with an idea, which has got to be the best part of two years now. It would have been the first time. Would it have been the first time we went to IWA? Right, no, it'd yeah. been a year. No, it was before that. So, yes, yeah, but best part of two years. Not long after we opened, we had this idea. Um, and the funny thing was, was you know, things had sort of got to a. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it was stagnant, but things had just got to that 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 comfortable situation where the business was turning over. We were doing parts, this, that, and the other. But yeah. we weren't sort of growing as much as I wanted to. Um, and it was it was it's really weird because like we went out to we booked IWA and I I almost didn't go because I yeah. thought I really need to sort of stay back, focus on the business, cut down how much we're spending on trips and other bits like that, and and, and really try and push and, and grow. So I almost didn't go, and then literally, um, I didn't even mean to go out there and have this meeting. Uh, yeah. I literally just bumped. Uh, bumped into them and 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 now it's just thrown bespoke onto a complete different you know timeline almost yeah. <laughs> because it's just shot us down this this, this completely different path yeah. um, which will progress us further than we could have done it it'll, it'll probably progress us further in in the next two years than we could have done in the next ten yeah. um, it's it's that big of a of a of a deal I feel but um, yeah we had a really good show we met loads of people. Even more so than than the, the first year we did it as bespoke, yeah. And it it was a good laugh, you know. It was yeah. uh, the show seemed different to last year somehow. I'm not really sure what it was. Yeah, I mean, it was my first time over there, so I, the thing I got was just how sort of friendly everyone was. You know, we had Mark yeah. on the show last week, who's an absolutely solid guy, as are the rest of the guys at Red Wolf. And ASG Red Wolf's and becoming the, the place other. to be, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, if you needed to bump into people, if it was Hall Seven, it was Red Wolf. If it was Hall Six, it was ASG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or New Pro. Because we'd like had uh, issues with with getting certain products, and I mean, one for example, we'd, we'd ran out of a supply of Spectre Arm stuff. We couldn't get through to Gunfire because we'd done well with the Spectre Arm stuff in the past. Yeah. And I was just chatting to Red Wolf, and then literally through one person or another, someone overhears a conversation, and boom, we had Spectre Arms back. It was—it's really surreal. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think the one night—I don't know if you was—was was you there when we had to—we actually got thrown out because <laughs> we've been in there too long. <laughs> no, we uh, we left. Up. Was that the first? Was that the uh, first night we were there or the second? 
Was oh, it, was it would it... have been one of the last days. Um, yeah. And they did their... They basically had beers and food and everything at Red oh, Wolf. Oh, yeah, the Red Wolf. Yeah, no, I was there. Yeah, sorry. I thought and then we were the security were like trying to chuck us out. <laughs> yeah, we, got, we literally got escorted off the premises, didn't we? Yeah. That, that must have been the last night because uh, I think the next day was the Monday. Yeah. And it was sort of closed down day, weren't it? So. Yeah, Finnegan's needs to expand. It's too small. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Like, you could not move in that place. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, although I do have a bone to pick with you about IWA. What's that? Your patches. Oh. (laughs) That thing haunted me on the way back from (laughs) Finland. I still have nightmares of the four kilometres in the pissing down with rain with Graham going, but hey, Andy, do you know the way? (laughs) <laughs> and just getting that patch out. There's a photo somewhere on Facebook of him holding it up and me in the background. I was just so annoyed that we'd missed. We, the we bus. get so much hate for that patch. It's unreal. It's and, uh, <laughs> we were we. I mean, me and a, a group of people that I know. We, we're avid gamers. We, you know, we watch PewDiePie on YouTube. We know about yeah. the memes and stuff. And we, it just, it was a meme that stuck with us. Yeah. But there was a, a sort of delay in. I wanted to get the patches before IWA. Yeah. Uh, and everyone kept telling me the meme was dead. Oh, the meme's dead. You're not going to sell these patches, blah, blah, blah. And we put them on the website and we sold pretty much like 70% of the stock on day one. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, and then we did, we've literally just recently done a video on YouTube, uh, which a friend of mine, Liam, did. And we just did like a sort of weird tongue and cheek review of yeah. the patch which was really strange <laughs> people <laughs> took it so seriously the meme's dead leave it alone I'm like uh, why are you stocking patches now like, we have had these patches for ages yeah. <laughs> it's just we're just having a laugh on YouTube <laughs> yeah, I, then I, I had like people like hunting me down at that show yeah I seem to remember when Graham got his one you were halfway through a conversation and he lent in and just went do you know the way and then you like you just see your hand go the other way with a patch yeah <laughs> the thing is is like both both time, first time I went to IWA we just started doing um, our own parts and bits and yeah. pieces and it was so it was so like surreal I had people coming up to me like from the Netherlands and and the Germany and other bits and pieces going oh we watch YouTube we love what yeah. you do. Now, to me, yeah, YouTube's very small compared to like you know some of the others. I don't. I, although I make videos and I make content for YouTube, I expect no one to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of something that I do like as I get time. And this year, like at IWA, oh, so I was getting people like track track me down at the show, and they were following me around because they'd seen like <laughs> our Instagram about the patches, and then yeah guys from like Sweden coming up to me and saying oh we watch your YouTube it's really funny and I'm like no no you don't you can't do (laughs) it's not that good (laughs) so yeah it's uh, it was good Charles I enjoyed it we might do a different patch for next year then we never know yeah I'm not I'm not sure I'm hoping to get out there next year as well Um, I'm giving Shot Show a skip next year just because for Airsoft IWA seems to be the one you, I found that the first time, well, the only time I did Shot Show, which was yeah. 2016, I think it was. Um, it's good for gun, real gun stuff, but airsoft, it's just yeah. You run around and, and you go, I like it, 
I, I, I can't own it. I can never own this thing in the UK. The thing is, as well, like if people know you're airsofters, they won't talk to you. You see, did you the, get? Did the, you get that? Some places, yes, but some places they were actually really sort of welcoming, and they were yeah. like, we noticed that certainly a lot of like rail manufacturers and that are going. We want to get onto the airsoft market. There was one we spoke to in particular. Now this rail. It basically looked like chicken wire. It was really low-profile, lightweight rail. I don't know how you'd get yeah. any attachments onto it. it. Must just be for looks. But they were like, one of the guy who was running it was like, "Yeah, I started in airsoft. I've moved into real steel, but I want to break back into the airsoft market. So who knows what will happen in the next few years? Maybe we might start seeing more there." Yeah, I think it. it you know, we need to. I think it would benefit the airsoft industry for work, working with the, the sort of the real. Uh, firearm industry just because we can we can be all in the same boat together then and because there's such a, a a weird sort of anything to do with guns now and you sort of perceived to be like a yeah know, it's got a negative connotation on it hasn't it yeah i think we just need to turn it around and and i think you know especially with like like products that are, are licensed as well you know you yeah. have just you know released the first licensed glock i mean how long has that been yeah, how happen, long has it been? Yeah, how long has that been in the pipeline? You know, years and years it's been like, yeah, these aren't going to be traded, and then all of a sudden, well, unless unless you say Tokyo Maru, who just don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly think when Magpul pulled out of the airsoft industry, it was a massive mistake yeah. because the way it's grown now, there could have been PTS have, been have done well thing. out of it, but yeah. Magpul, I think they just made the wrong decision. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and but I mean, for the right reasons, you know. Oh yeah, I can completely understand it. You know, you look back on the history of it, and yeah, you can understand why. But if they were still here, who knows what they'd be doing now? Yeah. yeah. So, with with regards to bespoke, obviously, I'm looking through the website, and you've got some really awesome stuff there. You know, you've got the APS shotguns, you've got the Armorer Works uh, smuggler pistols on there. Uh, loads of upgrade parts for the strikers and that as well. Obviously, you mentioned like the machining. Do you still produce parts yourself and manufacture for release? I don't. I, the what you'll find with a lot of people that produce parts, um, unless it's like the big big guys like Lalax uh, and the like, they won't really make stuff in in higher quantities. Yeah. Where when you when you're like manufacturing in quantities, like a big key part that you need to focus on yeah. um edge like edgy is is great he he pretty much handcrafts all of his stuff it's very very high end yeah. um but it's so it's sort of done on like a an order basis or um i can't imagine edgy putting out the amount of parts that we manufacture yeah because i mean it was going out to because I can't manufacture that many parts on my own, but we was we approached this firm in in uh, in the UK and said what we wanted to do. We wanted their help, and can we use your factory for 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 doing this? And they were like, yeah. So um, we have made so many upgrade kits; it's unbelievable. Oh, and yeah. we uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of upgrade kits. And to be honest, I could have sold probably double that if I'd have had the stock. <laughs> it's just like as soon as something goes out of stock, everybody wants it, and you know, after you've just freshly made it off the machine, you'll have like a couple of hundred cylinder kits in stock, and no one's buying them. And then, then all of a sudden, it's just like bam, and 
they, you know, they, they shoot off the shelf. So I think we've done better out of the upgrade parts than any other product on the website. Yeah. Um, whenever we do custom guns, like we've done custom SRSs, we've done loads of custom strikers, and we've got loads more almost done. It's just we're, we're waiting for like Action Army to finish producing their hop units and, and bits and pieces like that. But every time we, we do an ED1 rifle, or uh, they'll go out of stock. So we, we did the ED1 full rifle for like £500. Yeah. Those went out of stock, and then we released the next batch, which we've been working on, which had suppressors. They went out of stock. And then we did um, we did some carbon versions using the Ares stainless steel barrels. As soon as they went up on the website, they went out of stock. And yeah. you know, it's just, it, it, there's obviously, a, you know, there's loads of people that told me that be, there's no market for, for custom guns, but. I really do beg to differ. Yeah, do you do you take on custom projects as well? So someone come in and go, oh, oh, yeah. I want this doing this. Oh yeah, we we can do. Um, it's it's a it's a, I'd say it's a daily conversation that we have with people. Like uh, I had one today with a customer who said it saw one of our custom builds and uh, when you're gonna have this back in stock. And I I kind of have to assure reassure people we're not one of these companies that just puts upgraded things on the website and when they're gone out of stock we have to buy them from a, from another business we, we build this stuff to order yeah. so if you want like a striker with a short barrel but you don't want a scope but you want I don't know a red dot on it <laughs> for, I've been asked for crazier things trust me yeah. um, you know you really can like speak to us and have stuff built to order it's just a case of, mm. of when, when we can get the parts if we if we haven't got them already so so what's the craziest build you'd say you've done uh oh, there's been a few. We did a 50 cal pistol. That was uh that was strange. So it was basically we took a Barrett that was like nearly two meters long and we turned it into a pistol. Yeah, they're not a small gun to begin with. Are they? <laughs> we did that when we first opened, I think. And yeah. uh, I find yeah. the real bloody thing. It's not a small gun in in the slightest. <laughs> but now we've done we've done all kinds of bits and pieces. I really. We get asked for some weird stuff, but I mean, like we're doing a gun at the moment that's that's uh, made with three gearboxes, so it's got three M two four nine gearboxes, three hop units, three box mag feeds, um, and it's just ridiculous. What the? Why would you need that? What monster <laughs> wants that? Because it was a, it spanned from an argument that I had with somebody, right? Um, and it wasn't me like sort of putting down another way of airsofting it was just like uh, and what I was basically saying was you know high rate of fire is easy you get an M4 you put a stupid motor on it nice 11.1 battery and you got you you know you got yeah. a, a high RPM M4 that didn't really take much uh, much effort and some yeah. guy was like some guy message, uh, sent me a message on YouTube I think it was or something saying how naive I was and I didn't really know what I was talking about and and to prove it, I was like, right, we'll build something that's high rate of fire. Yeah. But it won't be in a way that you can think of. And he was like, right. And then we did the we did the reveal of the Dreadnought project. And and he was like, oh, holy shit, you, you, you weren't kidding. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been laid, it's sort of laid, laid dormant for a while while I was just trying to get my head around things and how I was going to have it and... Was it going to be shoulder fired? Was it going to be hip fired? Uh, how we were going to fit all the box mags in place, and how we were going to orientate the gearboxes, and 
and now it's just I, I woke up <laughs> woke up one day and I was like right this is how I'm going to do it now so yeah. um, using 249 gearboxes they're all MOSFET driven uh, they're all on the standard gears and standard motors so we haven't put high speed motors in them at all um, we're actually hooking them up to AK hop units some modify ones right. and then we've basically just found a way to feed because the problem we was going to have was it's going to be a heavy gun anyway uh, where I was, I was struggling with where the box mags were going to go and how the box mags were going to feed so what I've decided to go for now is just have it belt fed on a backpack yeah so the backpack will store anywhere between I reckon it's probably going to be a bit 60,000 rounds it might hold maybe Oh, um, God, why? It, you, you could if you wanted to. I mean, you don't... Because you've got to remember, you, you, your 249s could put out a high rate of fire and there's three of them firing. firing. They're not all firing at the same time, if that makes sense. It's not like yeah. a, an AA-12 shotgun. They're yeah. firing, like, inconsistently with, you, with each other. And when you when you fire it on full auto with three gearboxes firing out of sync, it's just... It sounds, it sounds dreadful. Um, so if I rock up on a site one day and I see one guy emptying entire box of bbs in his backpack <laughs> i know who to come and moan at about it i can't imagine many sites will let us use it i can't no i mean but Christ, to be I, technically we're not breaking any rules no yeah no you're not but yeah you know i mean let's let's be honest you've seen it with the 40 mic grenades recently yeah. that were advertised not necessarily in the best way it would be the They've same as you having like two m4s and dual wielding yeah and but we've just gone one extra and you can control which gearbox you want to fire if you want to fire them independently so if you're if you're in a game uh, and and gearbox 2 goes down you just flip a switch you disable that and it sends power back through to the other two gearboxes so um, that also means we can chrono them independently to make sure they're all firing right and if there's anyone out there that has an airsoft site that would let us use this when it's built for testing and stuff let us know because we'd <laughs> we'd love to use the space because <laughs> i imagine this is going to be absolutely ridiculous yeah i'm just getting visions of i'm getting flashbacks to the tv show sons of guns when they used to come up with these mad ideas of what they were going to yeah. build and i've just got visions of you sitting there one day in your office now going Right, this sounds like it could cause some salt. Let's create this just to just for the banter kind of thing. <laughs> well, it's actually funny because I it's weird how you get ideas from doing projects. So we, yeah. I mean, uh, when we're manufacturing stuff, it's it, we we have that uh, that thing as well. Like at one point, I think I was we'd had seventeen products designed, which are still yeah. lined up to come out, but we're just sort of taking it slow. Um, and this is very much the same way it's like we were doing the, the gearbox builds and I was finding a way to feed ammo from a backpack and then it was like what else could we do with this so we've had another idea of making gauntlets yeah so basically um, have you ever watched uh, or play Assassin's Creed yeah he has a gauntlet which shoots a blade out of his wrist right yeah and the idea is basically to use the same thing but have it on the back of your wrist yeah. and having uh ap either scorpion or um mp7 gearboxes which yeah. which are fed from again from a system on your back but you won't even have to hold a gun you can just point your arms and press uh buttons on your thumbs yeah um 
so that's I think what we, <laughs> I think that's what we're going to do next, like a kind of iron, <laughs> like an Iron Man war machine thing. But uh, just do something different, you know, because we we I'm not saying normal builds are boring. I'm just saying why not do something crazy? Yeah. And, plus, plus, if you start building stuff like this, it gets the attention back to your. Uh the rest of your business as well and people are going to go oh yeah but, oh wait they, they do this oh, I've been looking for one of them these are the guys that created that crazy yeah. M249 that killed everyone on the site in about <laughs> two seconds I think we worked it out as like I think a second burst like a one second burst of yeah. three gearboxes I'm pretty sure it was something like 50 or 60 BBs fucking hell so that's enough to spawn camp for days and that was running at low. I think that was yeah. running at low RPM, but uh, it was basically built as a as a high volume support gun on steroids. Yeah. Um, which, like I said to this guy, we don't want to just get an M4 and put high speed merit right on a box mag. Let's do something that's built from the the ground up. The, the hardest part's going to be finding some way of encasing all this into a gun shape. Yeah. Because once we've got the gearboxes uh, situated, uh, because we're building it from the inside out gearbox is going to be situated and mounted then the hop units are going to be mounted and then the feeds are going to be done and then we're going to write right how can we how can we shoulder this because i'd like to shoulder it um or if we can't shoulder it then it's just a case of hip firing it yeah we also had it, the idea of putting it on one of those those uh rigs that you know the cameraman wear yeah uh where it's got like um i think they had one in alien didn't they Without. Possibly, yeah. And it was like a, a metal arm on springs yeah. that sort of comes out from the front and helps take the weight of it. So, you know, we might do something like that, but... Yeah. We also wanted to, see, to yeah. keep it modular as well, so uh, we're actually looking at probably building some kind of battle buggy or something in the future. Because I yeah. want to learn to basically build a car. I'd love to build a car. Um, so if we built like a battle buggy that's like armor-plated, we could probably take that and mount it on the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just you know why not <laughs> yeah exactly why not indeed so obviously we spoke about you, you had your meeting at IWA and there's some exciting stuff what can you tell us about the future of Bespoke well it's going to progress very fast very soon um, We, I'll, I'll have to be secretive about what I do say um, yeah. but it, things are going to change uh, the way we 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 run and the way we operate is going to change. Um, to start with, we're probably going to be shipping a lot of our internet orders not from our office, right? Um, because what we're actually planning to do is move into a proper premises as well. But yeah. uh, again, it's it's all up in the air. It, it, it's taking bespoke from from you know level two to level one hundred. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be a, it's going to be a very quick journey to undertake very quickly and. But the getting you know, bored with from the sound of it. I'm not going anywhere. It's going to be still going to be ran by myself. Um, hopefully, we'll be at a point where we can hire some staff um, because it's just killing me. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But it's again, it's one of them things when you're a small business, it's, you can't always afford because people all come in and say, right, you need a break, you do, you need to hire some staff, and uh, it's not always as easy as that because you know, you got more overheads, more overheads yeah, you got to worry about paying someone else's wages then as well. So yeah, exactly. But keep an eye on what we're doing. It's 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 gonna 
it's gonna it's gonna explode eventually yeah. so it's gonna be good to watch and i'm looking forward to following the journey uh, just before we wrap up we've spoken about the business just want to find a bit more about the man behind the business so how did you get into airsoft initially because i mean i ask everyone this question but it's always interesting to hear the different ways in which people found out about it uh, it was i mean we'd had like the cheap i thought like, the cheap bb guns as kids this was before like two turn everything kicked off on the vcra yeah um, when you can go used... on like uh, i think it was action hobbies and you we used get, to like, like we used to go five for 50 quid or something yeah, we used to go and I mean, when we were like a lot, when I was a lot younger, like you know, as a kid, you, you could just go buy these things from the the market in Birmingham yeah. or something like that. And we used to we used to run around like outside our houses and shoot each other with them with like no eye pro on or anything like that. You know, yeah, it was yeah. different back then. And I remember, I remember a bit of the once like someone called the police on what we were doing, and we were literally running around the street shooting each other like idiots. Mm-hmm. And the, the yeah. police just turned up and were like, "What's that?" And they're like. I vividly remember the, the police officer shooting himself in the foot because he didn't know what it was and then like <laughs> he took us back to our houses and was like you know we, you, you could cause a lot it wasn't like that back then you could get away with a lot Yeah. Um, I think there's always been interesting guns and you know did, did a paintball over the years and I think how old was I probably about 17, 18 and I started watching YouTube and I started getting obsessed with um, with airsoft videos and because previously before that I, I started building I think it was about 16 I started building air rifles yeah um, but the problem with air rifles was we could go to a range every now and again and shoot them but unless you had land to shoot them on they were kind of pointless yeah so I actually used to build air rifles just for people on the forums um, and then I found airsoft on, on YouTube and I can't believe, I can't remember if Scout the Doggy was going back then but I used to watch his videos religiously. Yeah. And I think the first Airsoft forum that I uh, that I signed up to was the one for the site where Scout the Dog used to shoot his videos. Was it the one in Fife? What's it called now? Oh, God. Now you're asking a question. It's the site I used to go to all the time. Yeah. And I was part of the forum because I just wanted to get... I wanted to get involved and... Um, Unfortunately for me at the time, because I was living down in Birmingham, no one that I knew wanted to do airsoft at all. Yeah. So I remember buying a two-tone. Was it two-tone? I think it was two-tone. I think it was when the VCRA first came into effect. Bought a two-tone M4. It was a JG. It was a plastic one. Yeah. And I remember, uh, I remember going straight over to the Asian websites, buying a metal body and a rail system and stocks and bits and pieces. Came straight to me. I built the gun up. Um, got some cheap DPM and bits and pieces and I turned up to my first game at Fireball Squadron in Bassett's Pole um, literally didn't know anybody just turned up um, it's been speaking to these guys on the face on the for the Fireball forum and such yeah. um, and they were like oh just come and join us you can you can join us for the day and literally that's where it all began Yeah, and I think if I hadn't met those guys that I'm still friends with today, um, I would never have probably stuck with it because I just had such such a great time, and then I was hooked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it, it's, it's sort of like it's snowballed like a bug, from there. Isn't it? Yeah, 
When, when you uh, call the bug, that's it. You, you you can't get out. I mean, I dread to think how much money I've got sat here in airsoft kit at the moment, and that's quite small. I know a guy. We're talking about him at the weekend. Actually, he's got I think like nine systemers yeah. sat at his place. So the amount of kit that people have once they've started playing. Oh yeah, just you do. You, you go through it in stages, though, don't you? You go. <clears throat> You get into it, you buy some cheap guns or something, then you probably yeah. get something a bit more expensive. Then you'd start hoarding guns that you've bought off the forums and stuff. And I remember, like, at one point, my house was just filled with airsoft rifles. I had more than I knew what to do with. Um, yeah. And then I think eventually... I think eventually you, you sort of calm down a little bit and you start getting more high-end stuff and less cheap stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was, I was changing guns pretty much every month because I, I just... I didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing as well. A lot of people just go, oh yeah, I'll get an M4 platform, but yeah. don't sort of give the other platforms a go. I mean, one thing I'm personally looking forward to is the MDR yeah. that Silverback are releasing. Which should be good, people, yeah. People were saying it's ugly. Graham, I'm looking at you here. You keep telling me off for wanting one of these. I like it. I'm used to the bullpup designs. I've, I mean, I spent 14 years with the cadet forces, so I'm used to a bullpup yeah. design rifle. I like it as well. I like the 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 Desert Tech one. Um, yeah, I think it's nice. I think it'll work well. I think it'll be comfy. They're putting good technology into it. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I can't see. The thing is, as well. I mean, people going going back to the the bit where you asked how I got into it. So people have always asked how to get into airsoft as a career yeah um and i think just with anything that i've found if you find yourself obsessed with something yeah it's easy to get proficient at it yeah um if you really have got the drive i mean we've all done we've all been in jobs we don't want to do um i mean i am lucky to to have got some success with starting an airsoft business yeah um but it's just just do it just get involved you know and I can't, I can't actually think of a bad thing that's happened with me being in you know involved in the airsoft community at all I mean there's, there's, there are bad stuff that happens over the times and some of the stuff we spoke about but you know I think uh, if you cut through the crap <laughs> I, th- I can honestly see this this industry going going quite far so yeah definitely it's always on the grow and there's more and more people getting involved on a daily basis I mean I've got to say one of the biggest listens on episodes I've done so far is the beginning in airsoft episodes so clearly there's yeah. people out there who are trying to get into it so yeah and I mean you, you can always find some I mean like, like I'm always willing to help if anybody needs to phone up to literally ask what weight of BB you need to use and you're going you know I'll always make time because Unless you educate the new players in airsoft, they're not gonna yeah, get exactly. into it, and you need to you need to help new players and young players as much as you possibly can. So, and it will pay off. So, because when they're, you know, when they're further along in their their airsoft uh, hobby, you know, they're not gonna be, um, you know, they're not gonna be arses to anybody. They're gonna be, you know, yeah, a contribution to the community because they've they've received that help from the get go. So, I think people need to be stopped stop being at each other's throats and, and just get on with each other you know it's not a hard thing to do yeah exactly shit happens exactly. you know this is this is a, a hobby at the end of the day it's meant to be where you have fun not where you have drama yeah precisely precisely stop the drama 
stop the drama. <laughs> Hashtag stop the airsoft drama. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to try and get. I'll have to try and remember to put that when I put the post out next week on Instagram. Hashtag yeah. stop airsoft drama. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps we could create a movement. <laughs> yeah. What we need to do is create a meme and make a patch out of it. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. We also need to make a meme for next year's IWR. I have no idea what it's going to be. I'm sure there'll be something between now and then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. But uh, thanks once again, again, James, for coming on the show and speaking to us. Um, yeah, no problem. Sorry if I've... Like uh, it's you'll fine, see, it's really interesting to listen to. If, if you ever watch like any of our YouTube videos, it's, it's I always waffle on and I go off on a tangent. It's really difficult. <laughs> it's been really so I apologise if I'm bored to, you. So. <laughs> uh, it's going to be an interesting time for sure. I'm really looking forward to what happens with Spoke. I'm looking at coming up at a shop in a few weeks' time, about a month's time from now as well, when we record this yep. episode. So really looking forward to seeing what's going on up there I'll probably even live stream it for you yeah we'll get some we'll get some more. interesting pieces out to show you and yeah uh, definitely there should be It'll some be good, good stuff to cover yeah. so uh, where can people get in touch with you uh, pretty much everywhere uh, bespoke airsoft.co.uk we've got Instagram we've got Facebook we've got Twitter we've got YouTube um, just don't hesitate if you want to get in touch even on email just just reach out and I'll help you if I can um, we do experience some high volume well to be honest every day is the high traffic volume on our email and everything so normally I've got a couple of thousand emails to go through <laughs> yeah. so if, I, if you haven't had a, a, a response off me just, just be patient and I will get back to you yeah as always guys um you can get in touch with me on Instagram and on Facebook through the usual places. Just search for the Chairsofter Show on both. Uh, also, we've got the hashtag the Chairsofter Show if you want to find my posts. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. Again, James, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome anytime. And we'll see everyone else next week. Take care. Take your hits. Look after each other. Have fun at your games this Sunday. Take care, guys. Bye. <laughs>